Let me let him know where I'm really at, Beige. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I'm your host, Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Snoopy Bijou is currently enjoying a Whimsy's Alligator. Whimsy's Alligator is the never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, but we still give him a shout-out, and we still put our Amazon affiliates link down below in the description box in the description box so stop being stupid click the link buy some stuff you know you need stuff anyway so stop being stupid for a minute like a lot of the people that i've been dealing with and let's do what we need to do also carla's homemade salsa is an actual sponsor of unbothered by tyra but that's not fair to her that's not fair to her let me not slander Carla's homemade salsa, but it is good salsa. If you hate me, but well, even if you hate me, if you're listening, you obviously like it spicy. So have some Carla's homemade salsa. It's actual Mexican, actual salsa, and it is so good. I swear. You know, I mean, like, I really do love it. I mean, people will not get that. Uh, like, well. I had another friend, Dylan Collins, and he listens to Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I don't know if he considers himself a botherina or not, uh, but, you know, he is, whether he considers himself or not. But he said he tried it, and he was, uh, he said he's been planning meals around it, and I can relate. Like I said on Facebook, like, you know, I thought <laughs> that, that might sound silly to people, but when you have it, it's good. It is so good. It's made my egg whites bearable. And, like, you know, Patrick Melton, who I'm going to talk about for a second, in a second, um, had mentioned on one of his things that I was always talking about salsa and whatever else as, like, a clown. But, you know, when it's really good and people do like your body because it's another thing where a lot of people don't like me but if you don't admit it, i have a beautiful body you're either tripping or you haven't been on my instagram story so that's on you if you're hating like that but we all know that people ask me at different times what my diet is like and what i do and carla's homemade salsa has been a game changer for me because egg whites are so bland and i hate them but they really will make you lean so when i have to have egg whites I put a couple spoonfuls. I'm crazy at those times, and I am like put exact amounts of food, you know, so I know what I get. I usually put, I drizzle two tablespoons over my egg whites. Um, it's really good also for boneless, skinless chicken breast, which is the biggest punishment in the world, and still not perfect, but not because of the salsa, because it's boneless, skinless chicken breast, and just a punishment from God. And I don't know why he bestowed that upon us, but it is what it is, you know. But, uh, yeah, so it's been kind of dramatic lately, and I mentioned Patrick Melton, and, like, people, CF, I, I think that's it. I don't know. I don't have my phone with me, and I'm not trying to be at all disrespectful. You listen, um, and you mention that I don't address Patrick Melton, but you find it fascinating that he's always making content about me, and I really don't, and I'll tell you why. It doesn't bother me that anybody's always cutting commercials for me because he is, like, an employee that doesn't actually work for like you know I don't have to pay him and he does do stuff like that and like you know you're you see your YouTube analytics so some people do come from him 
you know, from his videos, you know. And so, like, I'm not going to act like it hasn't been at all beneficial. But the thing that gets on my nerves with this guy is he always acts like he's talking truth, but he doesn't know anything about me. And if anybody that knows me were to listen to him and be honest, even if they didn't like they should be able to admit that that's not at all. He comes to all the wrong conclusions on what it is I'm like. And I don't know how because he listens to my podcast. And sometimes you see him fighting with himself, you know, because I skimmed through episodes. I'm not going to lie to you guys at all about like how much I have paid attention to that situation or what my, you know, quote unquote involvement, which really is nothing in that situation. We had a four four comment thread like our, you know, four comments, literally. And you guys have seen just today. I did one that had over 100 and I wasn't all of it, but I was a fair amount of it. I was working on baby just play, but I was working them because it's so, so low end what's happening right now, you know, and I'm going to be really vocal and honest about what it is that's happening the way I see it. Like today I unblocked Patrick Melton just because one, I wanted to prove that he never has anything to say directly to me. The reason that I blocked him the first time was he takes so long to come up with these terrible responses that it's like you're looking at him, you're like, that's what you say? Like, this isn't entertaining. This isn't anything we can turn into anything, you know? Like, I'll admit, I've gotten into some threads with people where it's been like, yeah, we really went at it. But a lot of the people that I'm surrounded by right now just aren't that. And they're trying, like, you know, Crystal talked about me again, which, like, how long? It was, we argued in December. Like, you guys just fucking lost. That's what it was. Like, why are you lying about me and saying that I said that or that I stole your personal pictures and I was hanging out in your cam room and nobody's hanging out in your cam room and that I'm tired of having to say that you know that I know that let's stop bullshitting each other and acting like anybody's in that cam room it's just not what's happening crystal so stop and you like if you did post dirty pictures online and somebody took them then they're not personal anymore you posted those but 100% honest, my hand to God, why would I lie? Why would I, what would I do with your naked pictures? Like, you know, and then you mentioned revenge porn, like a revenge porn charge. And it's like, I've never, one, had any dirty pictures from you. And like, why would I want that? To sell them? Nobody's going to buy them, Crystal. Nobody's buying them from you. They're really not going to buy them from me. Like, this is just insulting. You know, and then I have, okay, so I have Patrick Melton on the other side, like saying that he's known me from two, since 2011. And even when I really don't like somebody, I'm not going to pretend I literally haven't met or don't know somebody that I don't know. And then he's always bringing up that, you know, I took a picture with him at the Dirty at 1230. And it's like, yeah, Tina just takes pictures of people at the Dirty at 1230. Anybody that knows, knows. There's a bunch of comics that I personally have never met that I know we're on the show and I know of them, but, you know, we took a picture together, but we didn't actually talk. Like, that's the reality of the Dirty at 1230. There's a lot of also fans, so you don't know the difference. And I know the night he's talking about because I remember that night I came in late and I was in the green room and Gabe had told me, and this is not at all bullshit, Gabe uh, should be able to just, unless he was too drunk, but... <laughs> But he should be able to just because that night people were eating it. And so I came in because I remember, you know, like from 
the picture because I know what I was wearing in the picture like he had a troll send it to me at one point which was the most ridiculous thing in the world because it's like yeah a picture is not that I know you and you're not going to fool me into thinking I know you because we have a picture together from the dirty at 1230 like the whole situation is insulting you're telling me that we've known each other since 2011 but I don't know you how would that even work I'm not even an actor like that. That's why I blew up at Joe Kimmel. If I was going to act like I didn't know somebody, I would act acted like I didn't know that bitch. And for the record, I did not threaten to hit Jill Kimmel. That is the most ridiculous thing in the world. And I'm really ashamed of a lot of you for believing that. And you believe that and stay the fuck away from me just like it really happened. That's what you do if you believe that shit. You know, because... Like, that's the thing. I'm not out here threatening to rock old ladies, you guys. I mean, like, and also, you don't threaten to hit somebody. You just fucking hit them. That's what you do. You don't threaten to hit anybody. If you're going to hit them, you just fucking hit them. And what I told Jill Kimmel was that if she were a dude, somebody would already hit her by now. And that's 100% true. And that's the reason I didn't approach tricks last night at Chancla's. That's the way that went down. Because, yeah, I did show up at Chancla's. And it wasn't for trouble. Like, people are stupid to think that. The truth is, I am building a relationship with Chanclas. That's why I keep shouting it out, and I do want to build that room. And you guys can think whatever the fuck you want about it, but when you rock something and you're able to make something fucking work, you know, because last night the, the headliner got off in 16 fucking minutes. It's not my fault it was tricks. And technically, I looked at my watch, and I don't think he did 16 minutes. If I want, I'll go back and listen to the set. Because if you think I wasn't recording to make sure he wasn't going to do my shit or anybody else's, you're out of your fucking mind. And I don't mind admitting that. That because when a person is trying to make you sound like a liar and you know between you and the person that that's just what it is I didn't lie to you guys at all in 17 years that I've been doing stand-up I have never accused anybody of stealing a joke from me and I have gotten into it with people everybody knows that but I do not accuse people of taking jokes from me that is not something I would do I wouldn't fuck my reputation or risk fucking my reputation like that and everybody's like you know what about his album he has a Michael Jackson joke on his album not mine and if he does have mine, he definitely stole it because we talked about that joke. And so it's not something I'm going to argue with people or try to like, you know, the tricks has been known. He got fired from yuck yucks because he was taking people's jokes that from that weekend. Like that's how quick his turnaround is. And I think the comic that said it doesn't mind if I say his name. I'm going to wait to actually. But. I don't think he cares to tell you the truth. And this isn't a Patrick Melton situation where he keeps saying that he has people that have said terrible things about me but never says, says the terrible things. If this guy gives me his name tomorrow, I'll end up on the next podcast just putting his name out there and being like, verify it. Because there's also people been getting threatened over tricks, like their careers being threatened by people that represent. So let's just all chill out for a minute. And remember... That really, I did not want this with Trix at all. I tried to talk to Trix person to person to defuse it. I tried to talk to the club because I didn't think it was going to be a good look for them. I mean, like, I went up a chain of command. I talked to Gooch, which Gooch, if you're listening to Gooch on any level for comedy advice or anything about it, stop. Like, Gooch is not your guy. And I'm not trying to be mean, Gooch. Gooch blocked me on every platform, which is also, like, a ridiculous thing to do. Like, it's not my fault you don't want to admit that you know that your friend was doing my bit. Like, and like, I don't even expect you to do that. Just as long as we all get a warning, 
that we don't do other people's jokes. Since we all know that, I, honestly, why would I burn my reputation on that? Some people can say I have a bad reputation, but between us, real comics. Honestly, do I have a bad reputation? Am I known for not being professional and not doing what I'm supposed to do? Yelling at Jill Kimmel was unprofessional. I'll admit that. But at the same time, a feature from the earlier show uh, harassing one of their regular headliners, which, yes, I was there to feature for the 10 o'clock show. That would be true. But at the same time, I am one of L.A. Comedy Club's headliners, and nobody would deny that, especially not the guys at L.A. Comedy Club. So in what world is a feature giving me a hard time about anything? Like coming up to me, don't approach me. You know we don't get along. Like between her and Trix, both of them hold on to hard feelings and then they try to project that onto me. And that's, I'm like, really? What I'm like is exactly like I tell you guys all the time. When I don't like people, they just don't exist. So I'm not bothering these people and I shouldn't have lost it with Jill, you know, but at the same time, I respect her even less now and I'm never going to say anything like test me, Jill. I will never say anything to you again, no matter what you say to or about me. I will never say anything to you again. Just like Patrick Melton, this is the one time that I'm addressing him. On this episode, I am going to address both of those people. And then from then on out, they don't exist to me. And anybody that doesn't like me from any comedy club or whatever you are here in L.A. or in Las Vegas... I don't give a fuck. And I almost said L.A. Comedy Club, and that was for a reason. Because a lot of the people that are trying to fucking kiss ass there, I'm not joining you in that race. L.A. Comedy Club has seen me do what I do. They either want it or they don't. I'm not trying to sell it. I mean, like, do you fucking, you want to buy it? You come to me. I'm not fucking, I was there that night because I was featuring for Butch. I was asked to feature for Butch. I didn't ask to feature for anybody. I didn't ask to do anything that day, that week, that month, I want to say. Uh, you know, so it's, it's not like I'm begging to be over there. So, you know, if I show up because I'm there to work and the person that's already off work because she was the feature for the 8 o'clock show, so really she should have been gone a while ago. Or don't worry about what's happening in the club. Don't approach me. Don't talk to me about anything. There's nothing for us to talk about. We don't like each other and we're adults in the same space. That can happen. I don't have to say hi to you because you're Jill Kimmel. I know you think that means something. But to me, you're not Jill Kimmel. You're Jimmy, Kim Jimmy Kimmel's sister. And I don't give a fuck about you. That's really where it is. I just don't care. I don't bow down. I don't even like what Jimmy Kimmel does. I don't. And I don't think Jimmy Kimmel likes what you do because you haven't been on his show. And, you know, I mean, like, what? I hurt your feelings because I said that you uh, looked like a lizard because you had all those fucking wrinkles? Well, it's true. And you're lucky I didn't call out your fucking lips because really, instead of getting your lips done, you could have got your wrinkles pumped out and probably had $150 left over. And that's if you went to somebody good. Or... If you're a real fucking hustler, you could have fucking injected the Botox for yourself and then you could ask Jimmy to give you the money for the lips. Now, the lips are more expensive, so you might want to reverse that because then he might be more apt to be like, okay, I'll give you. But, like, he's got millions of dollars and you're, never mind, you know. If you've got millions of dollars and or if your brother's got millions of dollars and I mean millions and millions of dollars and you still have to work or think about working or you talk like a regular person, you're either lying and you're not a regular person like you're saying or your brother doesn't like you because I can tell you when I hit it, any one of my sisters will be chill 
Even the one I don't like. I have three sisters, so I can say that. Well, one's dead. Do I only have two sisters now? Jesus. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's what it is. You know, I mean, like, I just don't, like, I don't understand how this became a thing even. Like, DJ Sandu hit me up on the, uh, you know, on Facebook and it's like, if you're really trying to do a wellness check on me, because this is the thing that pisses me off about DJ Sandu, is one, me and DJ Sandu should really have no dealings like that at all. Like when he says, because, you know, he, like we're talking, DJ Sandu, for those of you that don't know, is a comedian, and there's no reason you would know. And I'm not being shady, it's just what it is. You know, I shouldn't even know who DJ Sandu is. And that's the truth. But... I've always been cool with him because I know I'm online and he's from Sacramento and I don't remember how we met each other. Really, I don't remember how we met each other. But I've never thought anything of his stand-up and that's not being rude. It's just, I don't care if he doesn't think anything of my stand-up. That's fine. He has that right, you know? But I personally don't think anything of his stand-up. So there's that reason that we shouldn't have anything. The first time I really remember seeing DJ Sandu go up, it was at Chancla's. Uh, which Chonkles is a place that I talk about that I'm always going to be at, and I am going to be at it. It's at the Thunderbird Hotel now, Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock, uh, usually starts around 9.30, you know. Well, yeah, get there around, don't get there any earlier than 9. I would say even 9.15, 9.30. Be crazy. Get there at 9.30. Let's be honest with each other. We're bothering us. I don't want to waste your time. Maybe you want to do some pre-gaming, have a little extra time. 9.30, get there. Let's say that. Anyway, um, I saw DJ Sandu go up at Chancla's and before he went up, he had complained to me because he was like, yeah, I walked by that, that table and those guys like did like a 9-11 joke. And he was like acting like, you know, he was like, he was like, I mean, like, at least be original. You know, if you're going to say something, at least be original. And I got that. I could feel that, you know, because people give me every cheesy gay joke, too. And then he gets on stage and the first joke he does is a 9-11 joke. So it's just like, wait, what? Were you just mad because they beat you to your joke or they're as hacky as you are? I don't know what just happened. And, you know, be like that. I have hacky jokes. That's a thing with me. Like even the Michael Jackson joke I had to call out is a hacky joke technically. I mean, not hacky in the way Michael Jackson is a hacky premise. But the joke itself, like the way I'm going with it, and that's the reason I stand by it. And also, who knows? Maybe one day I'll throw out the joke. But between me and you, you know that that's my joke and you were taking bits of it and you were clipping it, which tells me you either have a bad memory you're purposely stealing jokes and you don't remember where they're coming from because you're so used to it or you did it as a subliminal punk out so it's one of those three things and you know if you would even you know or if you just accident you know what i mean complete accident you know like like i said you were drunk and it seeped in you know in 2019 or anywhere in between because it's not like 2019 is the last time I did that joke. I did those jokes right before the shutdown. And I know I've done them since the shutdown, like at least once at LA Comedy Club. You know, they like with the amount of material that I cycle through, if uh, you really pay attention to my sets and the way that I'll try to switch it up, because a lot of places that you see me, I know there will be some locals there. And a lot of the locals will kind of be supportive. You know, like you have Rob and Alicia. Those are two of the locals that are regularly out. When you go to the open mics, Valerie, Shantae, like, you know, pick anyone. Like, we all know who they are. And so, like, you know, 
with me, it's like I try to cycle shit out or do things in a different way or do different jokes. Or one time I even went up with the notebook. Every once in a while, I'll have a couple notes on my phone. It's all different ways, you know, and so I have to figure shit out. So people don't realize the amount of material that I'm working through and cycling out just on a regular basis to keep people interested in what the fuck I'm doing. So, yeah, don't take anything from me. I don't need you taking anything that I'm doing. You know, and I don't own Michael Jackson. So that and that's the other thing. Like there's so many people that have admitted that, you know, that their jokes got remixed by him. There's a whole it's it's not just like, oh, I'm just saying this. Why would I do that? Like I would rather be working on my regular life. I was having fun shooting the stupid content. I don't know if you guys saw the um, big trouble in little Atlanta, but that didn't get enough fucking views. Nobody saw it. I mean, like, you know maybe 200 people or something like that. But it's, you know, and that's something I really liked, you know, I mean, like, I didn't want to have to talk about tricks. That's why I was calling everybody trying to like, you know, and when I mentioned Gooch and bad advice, it was like, you know what I'm talking about. Why don't you just be cool and just fucking say like, you know, friend to friend, you shouldn't be taking his bit or part of his bits or his joke. Nothing. Just don't take from each other. Like you can at least have that much respect for each other. And everybody I've talked to, you know, because I talked to a few people about it that weren't so on board. They were more like Gooch, which Gooch was more than just not on board. He was trying to convince me it was a bad idea for me to even tell anybody. And it's like, what is this? Like, am I being molested by an uncle right now? Like, don't tell anybody. What are you talking about? Like, that made no sense to me at all. Like, yeah, I know that that's your bit, but at the same time, he used it more as a punchline and you use it more on your way to a punchline. Like, what's that about? What are we talking about? Really? Is that what we're doing as comics? And I talked to a few people comic to comic and they questioned me like I'm fucking just wanting to start shit. And like anybody that thinks about that about me, just jump off board. Honestly, if that's what you think about me, I will not miss you even a little bit. That includes Jay Hollingsworth. Anybody that thinks that I'm just getting in drama all the time just for the sake of drama and you don't see what actually is happening. Because, yeah, I call a lot of shit out that a lot of people would let go. But if you notice, in a lot of cases, people are letting themselves get fucked over. Like Spiro has a story about Jason Harris where Jason Harris just fucked him the whole fucking trip. And I think Spiro is technically still friends with Jason Harris and maybe I shouldn't tell this story. But the truth is, it is what it is. And you have people being dicks to each other and then like the other person just lets it go and it's like, well then how do they ever learn? But you're canceling people over other shit that doesn't matter, which Bobby and Crystal have been trying to say that I'm getting trying to get tricks canceled. And it's like, no, I'm just trying to get him to acknowledge that it's not okay to do other people's jokes since he obviously has a reputation for it. And now I've seen it with my own eyes. I'm not trying to be a dick. I don't need any extra shit to think about. But like, really, when it comes down to it, I'm not allowed to ask another comic just not to do my shit. And just to be sure, you know what I mean? Just like maybe everybody else sprinkle in. Yeah, and nobody else is either. Because if it's happening to me, and like I said, I can give you, technically, I can tell you that there's three person-to-person stories I've got where they're from the person. The person isn't like me, doesn't get into it with people all the time. The people are, if you're familiar with any scene, known enough, you know, three. So... I like, okay, 
Like, all right, you're right. It is just me that this happened. I'm just crazy, you know? And like I said, if they give me permission to give their names, I'll give all three of their names if they'll give me permission because I know these stories to be true and I know these people wouldn't lie and why would they? You know, like they hit me up out of nowhere and we're like, hey, I'm glad you said something. But think about, because these comics, if they wanted to, could say something too because they're unknown enough, you know? And I'm not trying to make myself sound like, you know, whatever. I'm very aware of what my my spot is, you know? Like I know I'm really good at what I do which is the most important thing to me. But I am very honest about the fact that I am a bar and grill and roadhouse headliner. I am a person where you put comedy on the door. They don't know what the fuck my name is. I walk in. I rock it. It's time to go. That's the kind of comic I am right now. Would I like to have doing in certain areas? Will people come out specifically for me? Yes. And boy, do they ever. But is that all over the country? Clearly, that's not the case. So anybody that thinks I have delusions about what I am or where I am, and Trix has done and does do more clubs than I do. But it's easy to do that when you're very safe and quote-unquote marketable. And it's also easier when you're taking shortcuts and doing other people's material and not necessarily being the most authentic. And that's not me clowning. It's just an honest assessment of the kind of stuff he does. The kind of stuff he does is stuff, like his whole set is stuff anybody could do. Well, no. The part about his dad, which is always what bothers me, you know what I mean? Or like since, I won't say always, since this situation happened and I really realized. Because like I said, I had heard he was a joke thief before. I mean, like I had heard that, but my thing is, until I see it with my own eyes. And maybe that's why some people like, but it's like if somebody reliable were to tell me, I definitely, that's why I don't care who does and doesn't talk to me anymore after this. Like, feel free to not talk to me. I prefer you don't. There's no reason for us to exchange anything if you think I'm bullshitting or just starting drama. And be clear about that because I don't need, you know, you waffling. <laughs> you either, you're, you're where you're at. And I respect that. So then we just stay the fuck away from each other. And I'll let you approach me if you want to. You can come say hi to me, but I'm not just going to you. I'm not assuming anything. Because a lot of people that I trusted aren't trustworthy. And so I don't know who's who. I know Anthony and Claire are cool, but that's because, you know, and also that's the other thing. Like, you know, you have tricks who just completely won't apologize and won't even acknowledge that he's ever done anything. But then me and Anthony Victorson shoot what I think is a very positive, unbothered, the first video episode I ever did. And like the thing is with me and Anthony Victorson, yeah, we're comics and we're going to talk about stuff the way we talk about stuff. And occasionally we're going to say quippy things and it's going to be funny. But at the same time, we didn't have the same point of view if you watch the episode you know, because he had that drama with Mike Robertson. And like, you know, we talked about it in the true spirit of unbothered, which is you talk about it the way you talk about it in the language you talk about it. If you think that person's an asshole or whatever. And I don't think he ever said anything that like, you know, he was an asshole or anything like that. He admitted to like, you know, saying tell your kids their dad's a bitch. You know, he admitted to going crazy and like, you know, 
being a little more amped on the testosterone than he needed to be. But any guy should understand that. You know, I'm like, I'm gay and I can understand that. So you're telling me the straight guys can't understand that? But then at the end of the episode, he does say, I talked about it and now I'm unbothered. Literally, he says that at the end of the episode. And then he says, you know, like, I have my hand out to Gooch. I have my hand out to Mike Robertson. Anybody that wants to shake my hand, I'm cool. And he said the words, I have egg on my face, which if you don't know what that means, which I'm sure everybody's smart enough to know, but he looks foolish. He made himself look foolish in that situation. And there is no, to me, you can't be more contrite than that, than actually saying, yes, I look foolish and I am extending my hand to both of you. I'm saying I'm sorry, you know, like that's what it is. I'm sorry that I did lose control of my temper. Maybe there's certain things that he does stand by or did stand by from it. And that's going to stick for everybody. But you can't hold on to those little things because people are going to be people. So the way I saw it, honestly, because I did extend an invitation and these aren't at all sarcastic invitations. Anybody that I talk about on Unbothered and I say, like, you can come on Unbothered and we'll talk about it, you know, the we can talk about it. And I extended that offer on the episode to Mike Robertson. You know, I said, um, you know, if you want to come on and tell your story. And he was like talking about, so he got mad and, you know, posted on Facebook that Anthony was lying. And I was like, yeah, you're welcome to come on and just timestamp the parts that he's lying. And then we'll talk about that specifically. But I also think that if he had gone through it, through with it, some of what he would found out was that in certain cases, it really was a misunderstanding and a difference of perception. Like there's some people that absolutely hate Ryan Barasa. I've talked about Ryan Barasa before. There's some people that absolutely hate him, you know, and they think that he should be quote unquote canceled and nobody should talk to him and he shouldn't have any friends and he shouldn't be able to um, do stand up. And really what he did was he yelled at his girlfriend and said he wasn't going to leave her house. That's the extent of what he did. But he ended up leaving without the cops having to be called. And eventually it got worked out. And who hasn't done stupid things in relationships when they were younger? I mean, like, and who am I to judge this anyway? You think I haven't ever kicked in a fucking door before? I've kicked in two fucking doors to tell you the truth and they were from two different fucking boyfriends. So clearly on certain things, this bitch doesn't learn. So I'm going to hold it against Ryan Barasa that he yelled at his girlfriend. She better be lucky he didn't kick down his fucking door as far as I go. Like, can I be for real for a second? Yeah, you have your limits and maybe that was too far for you. So you don't hang out with him. You choose to stay away from him or anybody that stops or that talks to him. And then, so that's an abuser. So I got called out for that. You know, like I'm hanging out with an abuser. So, okay. Like if that's what you think, I'm fine with that. I'm a hundred percent fine with that. Then I got called out because I'm friendly with Diaz Mackey, but what people don't know, which I thought Bobby and Crystal knew because we had talked about it before, but I didn't talk to Diaz Mackey for several months. I even want to say it was a year that I didn't talk to Diaz Mackey, but you know, I hang out with Diaz Mackey, who's supposedly a rapist, and I'm gonna have him on an episode too. I don't know. I know people are gonna get mad, but I'm gonna have Diaz Mackey on to get unbothered if he will get unbothered. And from what he told me, he will get unbothered. So I'll be banging that out. But anyway, 
so Bobby and Crystal hold it against me that I hang out with Diaz Mackey, who they say is a rapist. But then they have the highest esteem for AK, the comedian, who's a black comedian, a black activist that rides hard for Diaz Mackey. So how is it that I'm the worst person in the world for hanging out with Diaz Mackey, but AK hangs out with Diaz Mackey? So let me get this straight, Bobby and Crystal. I'm supposed to listen to the white people on which black people are okay, even if a black activist herself co-signs to the black man that I'm hanging out with. But it's the white couple that I'm supposed to defer to on this. You're deciding. Okay, well, then you have that conversation with AK, which, you know, AK, I don't even know why she doesn't like me. And really, I don't care. It's not like a thing that bothers me. But really, I think AK is very talented. And she was one of the few people that it was actually, you know, I felt her before, you know, when she would go on stage before me, I had no problem following her. And even she'll tell you that. But I felt her at least. At least I was like, you know, this person is really fucking rocking it. And what I said to her on Facebook wasn't even me being sassy or being like shitty. Technically, what I told her was, you know, I think you have your way of doing things and I have my way of doing things. And really, we do have a very similar goal and we can meet each other in the middle eventually if you go your way and I come from mine. You know, because I don't really think that our goals are that far off. I think we just have different outlooks. And her being a black woman from Las Vegas, I assume, and then me being a Mexican gay man that looks Asian, which does change the perception because it's what people treat you like a lot of times more than just what you are. Like all that factors in. But what people see when they see you, you know, like what kind of racism you get. Like when I do get racism, which I don't get a lot, but when I do get racism, if it's people that know me, they'll go Mexican because they know I'm Mexican and they feel like that's the way to get at me. I don't care. But um, when it's people that don't know me, like just on and like I said, I don't get a lot of that. So I'm not like one of like I am a stop Asian hate people. Like I don't think Asian people should be getting beat up and especially these old people the way that they're doing that. You know what I mean? Like that's never ever okay. That would be the same as me hitting Jill Kimmel, you know, like even though she's a white woman, but you know, it still would be like that's just a deplorable thing to do. Like really, and not in the good Donald Trump basket of deplorables way, which is a lot of why people don't like me at the end of the day is because I voted for Donald Trump. But I still don't apologize for that. Still think he was the right man for the job. Um but anyway, what I was getting at is yeah, so the racism I experience is, is usually Asian. So, you know, when I do get racism. So, like, of course, me and AK, I think it's ridiculous that she would think that we would be the same unless one of us was really being fake. You know, like, and yeah, I lived in L.A., but a lot of my thinking and what I saw growing up and what was, you know, when people were allowed to be racist and that was like a regular thing was uh, witnessed in Arizona. So, you know, I'm not like I wasn't trying to come at her any kind of way. I was proud of AK or am proud of AK, you could still say, because it like the fact that she doesn't like me doesn't take away from her accomplishments. Like she's an actual activist and a young woman, too. I mean, like not young, like, you know, I'm trying to humor her be like, but she's young to have done everything that she's doing. And so, like, you know, tech from my end, me and AK shouldn't have a problem, but she doesn't like me. So it's like, OK. You know, I respect that, but I also wouldn't go bothering AK if I saw her. I wouldn't walk up to her and be like, you know, oh, so you talk shit on Facebook or whatever. AK is a grown woman. So am I just playing. 
Um, and that's one place where I could act, I could have acted like I was offended with AK before we even did that. When I went to AK, because she had this fundraiser, or not a fundraiser, what she had was the baby drive, and she gave away a bunch of baby stuff, and it was good. And the money she got, or like not money she got, but the donations she got and stuff like that, as far as the items that the people had for the parents, they got good, good stuff. And it, like it was well put together. Uh, it died out kind of fast, but that's just because everybody went and picked them clean. And, you know, then I showed up with my juice and whatever like that because I was there to support and caught the end of it. But like I saw people leaving with shit as I was pulling up and, you know, and but like it was great. And this isn't me clowning or talking shit or anything. I'm just letting you guys know where I could have been like that with AK. When she asked the photographer for taking to take pictures of us together, um, like one, the photographer was shooting low and I don't usually like that. So that's something I would have mentioned just plain, but really um you know but i didn't say anything about that but the real thing was ak was trying to be the most politically correct with me and i don't know if she's not the most used to dealing with gay men but she said um you know like take a picture of me and my brother and she was like well actually my sister and then she was like referring me to me as she and her and like i'm a gay man but i'm not you know like i'm she and her with my girlfriends but that wasn't the way she was saying it like she was saying it like it was my proper pronouns or preferred pronouns and like you know i could have been like i'm and made her feel silly or acted like you know she doesn't know my community or whatever but i take people in the spirit that they're men and i could tell that she didn't mean that at all to be technically she was trying to be as respectful as she possibly could if you ask me you know, and that's what I felt off of it. But I could have been that type, you know, but like, I don't feel like that towards her. So I know that she talks about me or whatever, says things about me, but I don't really feel like that should be a thing. Just like with a lot of the people that are mad at me right now, I don't feel like it should be a thing with Gooch. I was just being 100% honest and 100% real and saying like comic to comic. And I'm sorry, uh, you, you know, I made you feel like maybe I was asking you for advice because I wasn't asking you for advice at all. I'll ask you for advice when I have a wife and a radio show. We not built the same. And I'm not being rude, but it just is what it is. Why would I be taking advice from you on stand-up? Like, in what world does that happen? Does anybody know who I've gone on the road with or who I'm friends with? Does anybody know that? You know, because Joe Coy was, like, that set the bar for me. When I went on the road with Joe Coy, I saw what the good treatment is like, and I saw what a fucking comic that kills it. And you know why Joe Coy took me on the road? Because he liked me, and he likes what I do. So now in what world is Gooch? the voice of reason. In what world is DJ Sandu hitting me up to see if my mental state is okay? Is my mental state okay? Why don't you ask Jill Kimmel if her mental state's okay for bothering somebody that wasn't bothering her that she knows she doesn't have a good relationship with? Why don't you ask Trix if his mental state is okay for taking the jokes of somebody that you know is fucking crazy to begin with? Because I walk around crazy. I'm not going to pretend that I don't. Like, yeah, I am fucking a little fucked. So just let me do my shit and let me behave like a regular human being. And really, who have I ever attacked? The worst I'm going to do is hurt your feelings. And really, if you don't want your feelings hurt and you know I don't like you, don't come near me. Like last night with tricks, like I said, I'll tell you the way that went. I was supposed to be there because I am helping to build that room. I am part of the atmosphere 
atmosphere for that room. I don't care how anybody feels about it. I don't care if anybody has an opinion. I don't care if anybody thinks that I shouldn't be hanging out at a rest. Whatever the fuck you think, you think. But I'm telling you what's right for me and what I'm doing. And the people there love me and I love the people there. You see how many hugs I get when I'm there. So if I can build that into a room and, you know, help build that into a room because Trez is the host of that room and fucking kills it. You know, if I can ever give him a night off and host for him, I would do it like that. But like that's really the show is Trez, Bruce Purcell, Jack Slammy, and then if they will have me, me, and I'm inviting myself in a way. But also, the, everybody there is letting me know, like, I'm part of the family. So, you know, why would I be, you know, worried about anything or not just fucking concentrate on that? So, yeah, and then I've got to go on the road coming up soon. So, you know, I'm going to be there as much as I can. So I can't miss a night. So I didn't go to be catty towards tricks. Yeah, while I'm there, I'm definitely going to make sure you're not doing my shit. And like I said at the beginning, everything I said at the beginning, 100% true. But that's just happenstance because really the reason that I'm there is to be atmosphere and do what I was supposed If I was being disrespectful, if I was being catty and anybody will tell you I could have done this, I would have been allowed to do this. This would have just been what happened. If I had been being catty, I would have said, please let me go on. I would like to finish out the rest of Trix's set. And they wouldn't have announced it that way, but that's what would have happened. And that's. You ask anybody involved with that room if that would have been denied. So if I was being catty, I would have done that. But I wasn't being catty. I was there because I was supposed to be. Then, like I said, happenstance. But then also it's like, well, here's a chance for us to talk it out. You know, here's a chance for if he wants to. Ball's in his court. I've let several friends know that I was open to talking to him. I said it on the podcast that I was open to talking to him. You know, I don't think I should like, you know, I don't think I more, should have mortally wounded him by telling him the truth. It's just a way of, OK, let's keep it honest. Let's keep it above board. Let's do our own jokes. Maybe we have a good conversation. Bury the hatchet. I fucking set the episode to private. It's been good. Made me a couple dollars. So maybe it's time to just fucking cut it. You know, if we can just have a civil conversation and agree that you're not going to do my jokes, we don't have to agree to anything else. We don't have to be best friends. We don't even have to shake at the end unless you just want to make it official like that, which I'm cool with that. I don't mind, you know, but like it's like, you know, you avoid me and then you talk about me on Facebook the following day from behind a block account. But you're calling me a pussy in the mess in like your comment. Like I get sc sent screenshots. So. It's not like I don't know. And there'll never be somebody that won't send me screenshots because people love stirring the shit. You know, and like I said, so I unblocked Patrick Melton because I thought this is an important enough thing that, yes, this one I will actually defend. I will actually say this because Patrick Melton has said all sorts of shit about me. I don't care. Like I said, I will be 100% honest about that. The first time he ever recorded content about me, I skimmed through it. I think it was like an hour and 45 minutes and I did just literally skim through it and everything he was saying, he was wrong, but he was just getting to know me. Like I said, we had a four comment thread back in June. I didn't know him before that. I went ahead and blocked him on Facebook. For some reason, that triggered him into a true episode. If you want to hit somebody up, DJ Sandu, um, take your better help skills over to Patrick Melton's place and really give him a good eval. Because if you're still mad at somebody that you didn't know that just had a two comment, and it wasn't even like a fuck your mother type comment thread, you know, I mean, like it wasn't anything like that at all. 
So, you know, I mean, like, and he's also recorded a bunch of con a bunch of content on Trez. I'll tell you honestly, in the first seven days, like the week that he, you know, since I blocked him, he made six hours of content on me. So tell me that's mentally stable. You know, like tricks actually did my joke. I did an hour on him. This is just wrapping up because it's all been. You know, like it's all the optics on it are kind of bad. Like I can kind of admit that if you're not talking to me or paying attention to me. But anybody that's seen me wouldn't like even think there was anything bad. It's just like the truth, you know, like just don't take my shit. That's it's as easy as that. You know, like I was fine, like I said, to be around those people and just not talk to them. So why do you have to start anything with me? Like, how is that? And then, you know, all the people that piled up, Richard Humphrey. I mean, like, why is that even a name I should know? Like, why does he have opinions on stand-up, but he doesn't do stand-up? Like, it's as simple as that. And why does anybody on the scene even humor that? Why doesn't anybody just say, yeah, you really don't even belong in this group anymore. And I think that's what I'm going to do is just leave the Vegas comedy group. Because really, well, I don't know, maybe... I just feel like, you know, it's not really a comedy group. Like, yeah, joke thiefing, that's not fucking just drama or gossip. That's actually comedy-related shit. So, like, I don't think that what I've been doing is drama. Trying to bury the hatchet between Mike Robertson and Anthony Victorson, which is what we were trying to do with that episode, is not comedy drama to me. To me, that could have been productive. And what I was saying about... Um, Mike Robertson is he could have come on and been like okay from my perspective these were the things that were offensive and these were the things that set me off and put me in the mood that I was in and made me say the things that I said or this is the way I meant it when I sent the video that he talked about me sending it could have been a whole different way in your head and then he was interpreting a different way because his experience is different from your experience just like I said my experience would be different from AK's experience which would just make sense. Again, you know, it's two different people. Michael's uh, Michael Robertson is like half Korean, half black. And then Anthony, I believe, is Puerto Rican, maybe Puerto Rican and white. But, you know, like he's, you know, he's not just white. Like, so there's different factors going on and different things that people think are important and different things that other people aren't even thinking about. So if Mike Robertson had just come out and got unbothered and said what his truth was, his part of the story, then maybe they could have both been unbothered and given an unbothered handshake. But instead, Mike Robertson takes it as an attack and it's like, I know that it wasn't an attack because I was the other half of the conversation and I was like, and I felt like Anthony, <clears throat> if you listen to the episode, had the goal of keeping it somewhat respectful too. Like I said, we're comics, so occasionally we're going to talk shit. But Mike Robertson could have come on and done his version of talking shit too, you know, and I would have joined him in that. Like, us just, you know, laughing about the parts that were silly, which is what me and Anthony did, you know, like we were just kind of like, this is what it is. This is what, you know, what it, what it seemed like. And then you even know that that's the way it worked because there's a point, if you're listening, when I'm like, you know, what happened from my point of view because I was asleep, whatever. So that's the way I saw it. And then Mike Robertson takes it as a slight. And even after I tell him, like, timestamp it and we'll talk about those parts when you come on. I'm good. I'm good. But you still keep going on about what it is that you feel offended about. Like he lied about everything. He lied about everything, everything single thing so it didn't happen on Facebook he his name isn't Anthony he isn't my friend I don't know him from because like if he lied about everything 
That's a lot of fucking lying. And some of those lies I was there for because I did actually meet him at the open mics when I first started coming out in Las Vegas. So like, you know, I don't I don't and I don't mind going into all of it and hearing you out. But really, you just wanted to turn it into something it wasn't. And then he blocked me on social media. And it's like, what am I blocked for? Like, technically, I didn't even start that part of the conversation with you. I told you we could have an actual conversation in real life. Why is everybody afraid of real life conversations? So to get back to the tricks thing and why it would have been okay for him to hit me and why it is uh, also we should talk about that Jill Kimmel thinks that I was threatening to hit her by saying that if she was a dude, she would have been hit by now. When Trix mentions that if anybody puts hands on me in a comment that he posts, that I'll bitch about it and whatever, implying that, you know, somebody would put hands on me, which is just as much of a threat. So if I was threatening Jill by saying what I said, then Trix was definitely threatening me by saying what he said. But how about we all not be bitches and just admit that nobody was threatening anybody? It was just shit they said. And it wasn't even said in the way that makes it sound like a veiled threat, really. It was just saying, <laughs> if somebody were, this is what it would happen. You know? I mean, like, I'm not. The worst part is I'm not mad and I'm not trying to flame anybody, really. I'm just fucking telling the story the way it went down because it's weird having people hit you up, you know. Um, the DJ Sandu part, wrap that up real quick because I still need to get to the end of the tricks part. And believe me, I'm going to make all this work kind of quick. But the DJ Sandu part. So he hits me up to check on my mental status, sends me a message because, of course, you can tell through texting people like because, you know, we were on Facebook Messenger. You can tell through texting people what their tone is, what it is they're feeling. You know, when somebody's having an episode through text, right? Because nobody ever mistakes anybody on text. But, you know, he hits me up to see if he's okay if I'm okay which at first I take as being maybe somewhat sincere like that's the way I took it so I told him that you know I was disappointed in the tricks and the Jill situation and that kind of thing which is the way I felt about it and then he goes into the fact that you know he was just checking on me because he feels like I might be going through an episode and it's like going through an episode yeah I was editing an episode of unbothered the one about tricks at that point because nobody was hearing me out so literally I guess you could say I was going through an episode but not the kind of episode you were going through. I'm sorry that telling the truth feels like a revolutionary act to you. To me, it just felt like Saturday. You know, I was just telling the situation the way it went because, you know, I've already been clear about where I'm at with that. I would not accuse somebody of doing something. And I've dealt with everything in 17 years. Parallel thinking, um, you know, people doing a similar joke, people, you know, and when I say parallel thinking I mean me and somebody doing the exact same joke and just you know I knew he didn't steal it from me it was before the internet was a thing like that and it was a joke about Miata's and now it'd be considered hacky but at the time both of us were very cutting edge because this is when you know there weren't a lot of gay comics and he wasn't gay he just lived in San Francisco straight guy um, and you know he rocked that joke and I rocked that joke and when you think about it it wasn't the most like you know original thinking but at the time it was original jokes and original thinking you know but just you know it was based on a stereotype that happened to be true and so it was a funny joke and we both had it and I never thought for a second you know I'm just not that kind that's like you know 
trying to find that or thinking about that or that's my secret weapon or whatever. But anyway, so DJ Sandu is treating me, but at the same time, like ask me or says, I don't know what the obsession is with going into places that people hate you, like where I was working that night, because I'm not going to not work or not go where I'm supposed to go because Jill Kimmel might be there or somebody that doesn't like me tricks, you know, which neither of them have a reason to not like me anymore, you know? Like, in my opinion, really, they should be at it, be where I am with it. Like, we can be in the same room and just not fuck with each other. Like, that's really the way it should have been. It doesn't have to be like, <sighs> which is what they were doing to me in the green room when I went to go see Butch because Butch asked me to be there. I didn't just show up for Butch either. They hit me up because they had salsa for me. And so I went to go pick up my salsa and Butch is on the 10 o'clock show and I thought Jill would be gone by the 10 o'clock show. If I were being a bitch, I could have said, you know, ask the club if they could make sure that Jill Kimmel is gone the next night or, you know, like when I'm there on Friday because I was featuring on Friday and being paid to feature on Friday. And but, you know, that wouldn't have been professional. So, you know, I don't care if you're huffing and puffing when I'm in the green room on Thursday. I'm still not going to ask that they leave, ask you to leave on Friday. Like, you know, be there if you want to be there. Just don't fuck with me like you didn't. I don't care if you him and ha, but don't fuck with me when I'm there. You know, don't bug me. But, you know, that's not acceptable. But for some reason, DJ Sandu thinks that I'm going through some weird thing where I just want to be around people that hate me. And, yeah, I went back Saturday night. But, again, it's like Friday we got in the argument there. Now you know not to test me. Now we know not to bother each other. We're clear on the fact that we just don't fuck with each other. That's the way I see it. So when I show up on Saturday and then this bitch tells the club that she wants for me to leave which I don't know what her exact reason was, but she wanted for me to leave. And I'm there to see Cody because I got Cody a guess at and Cody killed it. Cody Woods absolutely killed it. And when I'm in town and I recommend somebody for a guess at, I want to make sure they're making me look good. So I do show up. Like I said, I can be there with someone I don't like, which was Jill Kimmel that night and not mess with her. So when I got there, I said hi to the people that I say hi to at the high top. She was sitting at the high top. I didn't serve her any shade. I wasn't rude about it. And then Nancy, Cody's wife, was sitting in the booth. Nancy is also a comic, and she was sitting in the booth. And so I went and sat in the booth. If I were being any kind of antagonistic, I would have sat next to her or, you know, at the high top and made her uncomfortable. But that wasn't what I was trying to do. I was genuinely there for business, you know, to see Cody do his guest set and DJ Sandu was saying that that doesn't sound logical and I was like how does that not sound logical so then when it comes to tricks and why I say you know if you push a man in a certain way and you're another man you know you will get hit like yeah I did go there to see if tricks wanted to talk to me but also I'm not trying to start a fight and I'm not trying to be that guy I am trying to do it in the in the most adult way possible and so like my thing is he's done doing his set and when he's done doing his set, I went to the back patio, which is where he was. I didn't go crowd his space because that is asking somebody to be aggressive or trying to punk them out. Either way, you know, men, you don't get up on each other like that. Give a man his space. You're not fucking trying to back anybody into a corner. I made up with Tom Bomb. That was a quick process because really, one day I'll talk about that. But really, there's no hard feelings. Like, you know, it was what it was and it is a thing or it was a thing. But it's not, you know, like I'm not going to hold that against him for the rest of his life. And I never intended to, you know, and I don't think I gave that tone on the original episode I did about it. Tyra Vera gets hit. 
you know, I don't think I gave that tone like we were just sworn enemies or whatever. But I'm just very natural in the way I do things. And really, like, I don't want to be holding on to a bunch of old shit. And I don't want to be having, like, weird situations with people or anything like that. That's not what I want. What I want is to fully avoid that by finding out who my friends are now and just being like, feel free to jump ship. I don't need your advice. I don't need your approval. I'm not here for it. You know, like, it is what it is. You like me, you like me, you don't, you don't. But when it came to tricks, I was giving him that opportunity because, like I said, we have a good enough chat and it was just like, you know, I get it and I shouldn't have done it or it was a complete accident. And I was drunk or whatever the fuck you say, as long as it's like an acceptable and respectable thing that we can all understand as comics, I would have just been like, OK, and I'm not bullshitting. Why would I not like turn the fucking I don't have to punish him for the rest of life with the fucking YouTube video. Like, it was cool. It was content for what it was. But, like, you know, if we had that kind of conversation, I would have been down to do that. But he doesn't choose to talk to me, you know. Instead, he chooses to co-sign to character assassination on Facebook that I really just don't deserve. So, you know, I'm not trying to get him canceled. That's not what I'm trying to do. Like I said, I just think we should all be able to agree as a comedy community, if that's really what we are, that we can't be doing each other's jokes. And just honor system, go back to that, you know. But like I said, and I did, like, you know, so Trix knew where I was and I knew where he was because we were both on the back patio. My friend Eric Andrade from Facebook showed up, you know, to um, hang out and check out Chanclas. And like I thought I might go up. I kind of had the idea that maybe I could go up at the beginning, but I thought going up on his show altogether might be seen as a disrespect for whatever. So I was kind of minding myself. But, you know, at the same time, like I said, I'm there to do what I'm going to do. And I also want to make sure that we know that you can't be taking my material. So that's just what it is. You know, so I was in the back. And so, you know, he had an opportunity to come up to me when he was getting ready to leave. I turned all the way around so that we were completely like, you know, if he just looked over, he'd be facing me and he could just wave me over and we could have talked, you know. But like I said, you don't crowd a person like that. So that's why I said that to Jill, because like if you were dealing between dudes and you're trying to act kind of ballsy right now, because that's what she was doing, you know, being she was truly being antagonistic. Like there was no reason for us to talk. And like I said, she can test me in the future, but I will never acknowledge her again. And we're coming to the end of this podcast. So whatever I said about Patrick Melton is as much as I have to say about him. And I won't ever be addressing him again on any level. And I don't care what he says about me. I don't care even a little bit. And you guys will see. Don't send me shit he says. Like don't tell me he's been saying anything. If at some point you decide you like his content. Then just continue to watch that. And don't bother me with the details of it. Unbothered for real as far as Patrick Melton goes. I shouldn't even know that name. And you know I got 24 hours more. that Because Facebook when you unblock somebody. Makes you leave them unblocked for at least 48 hours. In order for um, you know. So that before you can block them again um bobby and crystal let's make this the last time i ever talk about them and i'll make that promise to you guys i don't care what they say about me either they're so inconsequential and it's not even being rude you know it's just like they're just not part of the comedy scene bobby doesn't do comedy and crystal has never done comedy and so i'll never acknowledge them again so them too if anybody ever sees them talking about me even on facebook or whatever i don't care what they say even a little bit anything about anything they say so don't send me screenshots don't let me know i don't care even a little bit 
Um, Gooch, if he wants to, he can talk to me. I really, I'm fine to just not be friends with Gooch. I think he offers bad advice and I don't see any real benefit to being his friend. You know, like that's one thing people have to know about me is like, if I don't like you, I don't like you. And so I don't hate Gooch, but at the same time, I don't love Gooch. And uh, maybe one day we can work our way to being friends again. You know, like Gooch, I do have a special, like where I really don't feel him just because like I did consider him a friend and I was all he had to do was just tell the uh, the absolute truth and everything would be fine you know like that's where he really let me down is like if you just were to admit that you know me doing that joke for technically John Hilder if I told him the joke would be like yeah that's your joke you know and tricks never approached me and was like you know actually I do that joke which is something comics will do if they've been working on the same shit that now you're just working on or whatever, like, you know, that's just a regular, it doesn't have to be confrontational, regular comics just do that, you know? So it's, uh, you know, and then like even today when I was talking about, you know, some of the character assassination, there were times where Gooch, if he was a friend and I know he got tagged, I couldn't tag him cause he blocked me, but why would I be blocked if we're supposedly friends? Like, unless he was mad because Anthony Victorson said that, you know, he wasn't worried about a guy named Gooch. And, you know, like, that's the way Anthony feels. And to tell you the truth, I'm not worried about a guy named Gooch either. So, like, I guess maybe that's a part of why we're friends because we have that in common. And that's not something we had ever talked about that day or it's not something that we've talked about since. But it does appear that that's something that we do have in common. So, you know, I'm not going to pretend there's a consequence to that. Like, Gooch is Gooch, you know. And if you're doing comedy for that many years and you just get to that point of funny. Like, because different people will have different amounts of success depending on how marketable they are. You know, so I can understand that. I live that. So, you know, I'm not trying to deny that. There's funny open micers. There's funny headliners that are fucking huge. There's funny headliners on the road like crazy. A lot of really funny talent on the road that you'll never hear of. But, you know, they make a living and they do their thing. And so, you know, I'm not judging people based off of that, but just I do judge people based off of funny. And so when I have open micers that I see on a regular basis that are funnier than some of the comics that are actually working, then I mean, like, I'll be cool with you or whatever. But I respect the funny person more because they're actually good or good writers figuring it out as far as the performance goes or uh, admirable people in some cases. You know, some of the ones that you consider scoundrels, in my opinion, are the most admirable. So, like, you're not going to convince me that life is something other than what it is at my advanced age. Anyway, you guys don't know how lucky you are that I have this gift for getting unbothered in right about an hour. And if you learn nothing else from any episode I do or any episode I have, remember to stay unbothered.